Welcome to the Social Witnessing Podcast, observing the world from a nice, safe distance. Social Witnessing, episode 29, with... Nobody! Nobody! That's not true, not nobody. No, just us. Me and you. We're um, probably going to do more of these. Yeah, I think so. I think, like... After looking at, so I think some people may know that we were very inspired by Tiger Belly and they actually did just one-on-one for two years before they ever even had a guest. That's a husband and wife team with Bobby Lee, a comedian, and his wife, Kalila. Um, so that's an idea, definitely. I think in this COVID, I'm more interested in having people on just because then we get to talk to people and... Uh, yeah, hear other people's stories. It's kind of, especially yesterday, I think I was coming off a pretty big low. And then getting to talk to Ryan was like, I don't know, it's just like some people just bring this energy into your life and you feel really good after. And then it was kind of like pushed me into today. And, you know, uh, today could have been a horribly stressful day for me at work. And really, I think someone asked me like, oh, are you doing okay? And I'm like, I'm fine. (laughs) I'm totally fine. Yesterday, not fine. Today, fine. Yeah, it was nice. It was a good chat and lifted me up. Yeah, we haven't... I'm trying to think if, like, we've had any where we get off a call and we're not feeling better than we were before. I don't Probably just the one we did ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) That was depressing (laughs) as hell. We were talking about, like the way people are dying from it but apart from that that we were in a, a rough couple of days it was so rough that we even had a close friend <laughs> message us and be like are you guys okay i feel like the podcast has taken a little dark turn over the past couple of days so we had a uh yeah we had a good laugh at that not not in like uh yeah like in a way like i guess people notice yeah. <laughs> like we can't mask it even if we talk cheerfully like yeah. people can tell um but that, I don't know, I think that's fine. That's what we wanted to do with this, is yeah. show that there's ups and downs. And we know from talking to people that everybody's experiencing it. That yeah. every, every day is a new adventure. And and I just hate, I hate, I hate when everyone pretends everything's okay. Yeah. And everything has to be peppy all the time. And like, some days I'm not okay, like at all. Like not even a little bit okay. Mm-hmm. And I just think that, if you don't show that side of it, there's this pressure for other people to always be okay and to not acknowledge that sometimes you're just not okay. And it's in the acknowledgement that, okay, you're not okay today, but tomorrow you're going to be okay. Or maybe you're not, but hopefully, you know, like if people just let you have that moment to, to feel your feelings and to acknowledge how you feel, then maybe the next day is going to be a better day. And then you get to see the, like, the, the rise the struggle and then the overcoming when mm. it's just all like Instagramming your life, then you don't see any of that struggle and you feel like, yeah, like you're saying, like you feel like what's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not like this. I'm not peppy all the time. Or but. even just like the emotional labor that goes into acting happy all the time. Mm-hmm. I know like Yuniv lives with me, so he doesn't get the fake. <laughs> he gets the raw deal. Does it take a, a big drink? <laughs> Oh, you need back to drinking <laughs> today. <laughs> today, yeah. I went. I, we went a, a week. We went a week without drinking after mm-hmm. like having a pretty hardcore couple of weeks of, of yeah. self medicating, and we went a week, and it went great. 
and then the last couple of days have been a little stressful, but yeah. it's not like, yeah, like yesterday I had one drink and today I'm on two drinks. Yeah. <laughs> so we're trending upwards, but it's, it feels different. It's not, it's not like drink to numb and to escape. It's just like a bit of a stress relief at the end of the day. Yeah. And I think I'm, I don't know, those, those who know me know I'm a, I'm a big believer in intermittent fasting mm-hmm. and I'm back on the train and I'm feeling a lot better which is not eating after a certain after dinner time basically yeah it's it's eating i do eating 10 hours a day so from whenever you start for Mm -hmm. 10 more hours which gets pretty tight if you don't like for me if i don't end work when i'm supposed to and then get straight to eating it's a tight window today was a bad eating day (laughs) cracked at the end there (laughs) didn't meal prep and ended up eating an egg and chips and chocolate (laughs) Just like a nasty combination of food, but all at the same time. Yeah, not quite. Um, yeah, that that'd be too hard for me. I can't like nighttime snacking is definitely an also a stress relief way, but thankfully with all like the food allergies I have, I can't really eat too badly, so I don't really worry about it too much. Mm-hmm. Like I eat gluten free pretzels and like. <laughs> Carrots, carrots, carrots and <laughs> with dip. cashew dip. <laughs> with cashew dip, like, I think I'll be okay with the late night snacking. But yeah, like a bag of chips or chocolate, that's more destructive. Yeah. And I find too, like, I just, I rarely ever have stomach problems except when I'm eating right before bed. And then the next day my stomach's just raw. And yeah, this just cuts it out and just makes me feel like lighter. I wake up feeling a bit lighter and can start my day fresh. It's definitely on trend right now. Yeah, that's how I found it. Yeah. Joe, Joe Rogan. No, I found oh. it through Joe. Yeah. Joe yeah. Rogan, our source for all... All truth. All, all facts. How did, we, uh, how did we find about COVID, Joe? Yeah. <laughs> that's so, not true, not, but that's how we went down the rabbit hole. Well, that's how we... I mean, yeah, I think that's true in a way. And I feel like a little bit like self-conscious, like, oh, people are going to be like, you get your COVID information from <laughs> Joe Rogan. Like, no, not no. from Joe Rogan, from his guests. Yeah, from his guests. Um, he had the leading um, tra- uh, what's it called? No idea. Tra- trans, oh God, <laughs> transmittive disease, trans something. <laughs> you just made me drink on my water. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse um, me. <laughs> yeah, leading disease expert. There's some word in there with a trans something expert in the world um, who was on really early when this all happened. And he wrote a book. I think we've talked about this before. He wrote a book five years ago, basically outlined this exact situation and saying it's coming. We should prepare. And of course, we didn't. And then it all blew up. And basically everything that he said, uh, he even predicted it would come from the wet markets in China. Um and yeah, basically everything he said has been on point. So that's where we kind of got our start. And that, that's a good segue for what's happening now. Um, because I remember in that episode, he said, Joe was like, well, it looks like China is slowly starting to, you know, make some progress. They've locked everything down. And um, this guy, who I should have looked up his name before we start talking. It's Michael, isn't it? Michael? I think so. Okay, Michael something. Um he uh he said it's only gonna get better while everybody's in lockdown and as soon as they start letting people out and easing restrictions there's gonna be a new wave and that's kind of what we've all been thinking about but as um, countries have been easing restrictions 
uh, it turns out that is exactly what's going on. So some news of the, of the world. So South Korea and Italy have both uh, both tried to ease some restrictions, just like we're getting ready to do here in Vancouver and throughout Canada and some places even in the U.S., which seem far less prepared for it. But that's a whole other topic. Um, but yeah, South Korea and Italy both started easing restrictions and have are both starting to face some outbreaks again. South Korea in particular um, eased restrictions, opened up bars, nightclubs. I don't know if we're supposed to open nightclubs, but we know mm. we know bars are definitely bars. about to start opening. And um, I think within uh, a couple of weeks or a couple of days, I don't know how long it lasted, but the South Korea has had to shut down all bars and clubs. They, they had a couple of outbreaks linked to that. Uh, same with Italy, although I don't know if we're how how those out, outbreaks started. So South Korea has closed now, is scaling back some of those lifted restrictions. Um, yeah, and closed down all clubs, bars, night nightclubs. Yeah. Uh, I just looked it up quickly, quickish, quickish. Uh, while you're talking to, if anybody wants to look it up, his name is Michael Osterholm. Yeah. It's actually March tenth. Ooh, that's like right before. Wow. A March 10th episode. Uh, he's an internationally recognized expert in infectious disease and oh, epidemiology. Oh, come on. Epi- epidemiology. <laughs> epidemiology. Epi- oh, it's just horrible. I don't know why I tried to say that. Epidemiology. I'm not trying to sound like I can't pronounce words. Nobody cares. Epidemiology. Epi- I don't know. Phone a friend. I, I don't know. But he's really smart. Watch that Joe Rogan. It's really interesting. I bet it'd be even more interesting now when we've yeah. actually seen, but I don't want to watch it because it gave me like insane anxiety. <laughs> Michael Osterholm. Yeah. Episode what? Uh, this was 1472 he was on. 1472? That's how many Joe Rogan has done? Oh, yeah. Holy. We're on 29. <laughs> Everybody gets their start somewhere. I know. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not saying. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it gives you some perspective, like, yeah. 1,400 episodes. Just... But I think he talked about it, too, in the beginning. Like, he wasn't doing it as a job, either. He just enjoyed it, yeah. so he kept doing it. Well, and then and now there's it's not even There's not even a video of it. Like, yeah. the early ones were just all audio, so if you watch it on YouTube, they just put a picture up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even in the early ones of video, you could see he looks so young. Anyways, some more stuff. Um... We're just, like, reporting the news here? Well, we're talking about it. Okay. I went down a rabbit hole today on on Twitter a little bit. Um, I uh, I was saying to Michelle, like, I was looking for some good news. I struggled to find it and instead found a bunch of less than good news. But, um, so Wuhan has had, um, well, Wuhan, the epicenter where, where this all started, um, They've had, they've, they eased restrictions and then had their first cases this week of kind of over a month, I think it said. So they had uh, six confirmed cases. And so what they've decided to do now is they're going to test all 11 million residents over the course of 10 days. What? It just sounds like they've just had enough and they're like, oh no, we're <laughs> no. not starting this again, which is exactly what we should all be doing. Like, if you have enough tests to test everybody, then just do it. Um, I think nobody has enough tests right now, other than the smaller places that we've talked about. Like, uh, was it Iceland? Iceland, was it the one? Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, I feel like that's that's the road we're heading down. Um, 
yeah, Russia has had 10K cases for like the 10th day in a row. Uh, Brazil recorded 881 deaths today. Yeah, but they didn't social distance at all. And their like prime minister or president, whatever he is, was like a dick. Yeah, he's he's still trying to open the country as they're having record deaths literally today. And he's still trying to open the country. Um, because his polling numbers are plummeting. He was, uh, I was reading today, he was at 47, uh, I don't know what the term is, like anti, like people, 47% did not approve of him. And it's now up to like 55 a month later or two months later. Um, So he's scrambling and just trying to open the economy just so maybe that gets them some relief. Um, But yeah, they're they're still skyrocketing numbers. But it's not about the fact that they didn't do it. It's about the fact that this is what happens when you don't. And we're going back towards that, at least in some way, just like South Korea did. And we see the results of that now coming out. So at least we're ahead of them, or at least they're ahead of us a little bit. And so we can see, we can kind of get an idea ahead of time of what's going on. And none of the places that have opened up have done too well so far, even though it's really early. Hmm. So, yeah. I say, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, the good news, I guess, if you're a sports fan, some, some, it's the only good news I could find. <laughs> I was really seeking out to balance this. And the good news um, is a bunch of the NBA superstars had a, a conference call today with, um, the le- uh, with the league and the players' union, or maybe not the league, but with the players' union. So players like uh, LeBron, and uh, Anthony Davis, Durant, Giannis, Kawhi, they all had a, a group chat a group call and decided that they were all ready to come back and play once they got the green light from I guess the government I don't know who's deciding that or if just the NBA is deciding in itself Uh, but as long as the NBA had a good plan for how to do it safely then they were all on board with continue with beginning or restarting the I don't know what they're going to do whether they're going to restart or resume or what so it looks like no fans I, I mean I would assume so I don't yeah, there's no way you could have fans now. You could have them socially spaced throughout the stand. I think that's like later. It's like when we have it under control, then you get that spacing fans. But like now, I don't, I can't imagine they would allow fans. There's no way. Crazy. And so they would basically all, like the entire NBA would have to go to one city and they would play with no fans. At least this is one of the proposals. And they would all, and, and Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner said, listen, we can't guarantee anything we can't guarantee that players aren't going to get sick that it's not going to spread or anything but we'll do it our absolute best and if the players are ready then we'll be ready at some point hmm. so they'll go somewhere and they'll all quarantine basically amongst themselves and stay away from fans and from families and just play it out which really feels like they're doing it for society like i don't think lebron needs to be out there playing right now like he doesn't need the money he doesn't need the attention and so it it really does, I don't know, when I read the article, I was really feeling like it's, they're doing it as, I don't know, a service, essential service, I guess. Hmm. You're not sold on that? I'm not, I don't know. Do you think they're just doing it because they want the <laughs> attention? I mean, maybe it's both, but I think it's, yeah, maybe they're doing it for the fans or doing it, you know, to keep pe- people's spirits up. But there is some, like, just because of the nature of the business that they're in, there is some self-serving. Like, you're going to get your face out there more. You're not forgotten. You'll still get your endorsement deals. Like, it's good for the big players. 
but then maybe thinking of the the players that don't get paid as much, maybe it is good for them too because I I don't know what's happened with their contracts and if they're getting paid or what's happened. Like they took a reduction too. Yeah. So who knows? But yeah, I would think it would be much better for the smaller players, which is meaningful that the bigger yeah. or bigger as in more highly paid or more famous players are the ones leading the charge to get it back because I don't think they stand to benefit that much at all. Yeah. Maybe through endorsements and like just, you know, you don't want to fade into the background. You don't want people to forget about you. I mean, you the, but the people there. we're talking about aren't fading anywhere. There's like Steph Curry and LeBron and Kawhi. Like they're fine. Even if this goes two years, they're still fine. So it, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know. I don't have any insight into what, why or what they're doing. But it's hard to stay top of your game for two years or a year. Like I guess when there's no game to play, like. I, that, I shouldn't say that. You know what? Some of those people, those some of those people are just athletes, and that's what they want to do. And they have, they can do that from home. But I, like the mood. There's You're that, skeptical. I'm just skeptical. And there's that motivation of being in front of the fans and like keeping it going that keeps you going. I'm sure as an athlete, that performance. Yeah, maybe the performance. Yeah, that makes more sense. The so self serving in that you just need something to do, and you, you need, need to, the performance. And you, yeah. You like, need, you need a goal to work towards. Yeah. Otherwise, like, you if you're purpose. always... Yeah. That's the word, purpose. Yes. If you're always just working, then what's... What yeah. for? Yeah, which makes you think, like, yeah, we need purpose, too. Some some days it's hard to find it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you do your job, and you're getting paid, and you're making the best of it, but it's like, for what? What, what are we working towards right now? Yeah. From my deepest, darkest, the gem comes... <laughs> yeah what is the point <laughs> what is the point i don't know i think there's something to be said for sometimes the point is just just to make it through i mean that's that's humanity like we so we've been watching this show called vikings um which is like i don't know i i don't even know if we could say loosely based on history <laughs> who knows it's probably not i mean very loosely maybe oh. um but even still, it just makes you think, like, this kind of stuff happened. Like, people, were, we were all just little tribes around the world. And, like, the amount of survival and just, like, pure just making it through each day to the next that, that had to happen for us all to be here and mm -hmm. for us to have this kind of society that we built up from, from tribes um, is pretty incredible. Like, our ancestors had to stay alive long enough to procreate and then that ancestor had to stay alive long, yeah. like over and over again yeah well, yeah we talk like, about this sometimes among yeah amongst like with one another above like anybody living in this world right now is just is a product of the craziest survival story ever mm -hmm. every single one you had to have so many generations that have gone through so much crazy shit just to be here yeah and you're that person you're the product you me you we're the product of generations of the craziest survival we can't even imagine. Mm -hmm. Every single person on the planet. I mean, it just sometimes it can, it's really mind-blowing. Think about that. And we're saying especially people who are like, you know, in minorities or women, like mm -hmm. watching a show like that where yeah. women have like no... Like, you're going to about to have a baby. 50-50, yeah. what's right. going to happen? Yeah, and yeah, that part too. Child rearing and... Violence. And, and violence, having like, no power. Just every single woman alive is just a product of such crazy survival that uh, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's hard to even really fathom. 
And then out of that, you were one of the like 10 million sperm yeah. that won the race. Literally the, the winner of the greatest race on earth. So, I don't know. Sometimes we, can, we, we that helps to put things in perspective. Yeah. On some level, it's only about survival. Mm-hmm. There may be no purpose. It is just about surviving. Surviving and procreating. Yeah. And yeah, that that's why our bodies start to break down in these years. Because like once once we've served our purpose uh, of procreating, <laughs> then, like all the, over. then the world is like, all right, you've done your part. Bye. Good luck now. Yeah, but I don't know. It's, it's crazy to think where we all came from. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's good perspective. But sometimes when you're in the thick of it, it's hard to get that perspective and it all just feels a bit much mm-hmm. and a bit pointless. I don't know. No, I think maybe if we were more into material things and maybe I could like not struggle with what is the point because the point would be to buy something else. Sometimes I'm like, what's? what's the point there is there is no there is no point and like i don't know the the point is it just going through it yeah like especially if you i don't know uh, listen to a bunch of philosophers or like even like joe rogan since we're talking about him talks a lot about this drug called dmt which um is known as the god molecule and uh, we all produce it in our brains, but it's not really active um, until the moment before you die. It's also produced in plants, um, but they've synthesized it, or I don't know how they get it. I guess they must get it from plants. Um, and when you smoke it, it, it's, it kind of takes people to... Oh, this is going to get chewed. <laughs> to another realm. Yeah, to another realm that's supposed to seem more real than this one, not like another, not like a, one of the common drugs that we have, like... Uh, acid or mushrooms where it's like unrealistic this apparently seems more realistic but you're out in like the universe somewhere and um you uh, a lot of people have very similar experiences on it where they meet kind of celestial beings and and get given this message that it's all about love and that this isn't the real world the real world is that out there which is where you go after you die um, or when you do DMT, and that this world is kind of like the playground. Like you come here because you actually have a physical body and you can experience real emotions and tangible things and touch and feel things, whereas there you're just energy or whatever it is. Um, and yeah, th- their message, all these people, like hundreds and thousands of people who come up and post about their experiences all say very similar thing that the point is just the trip itself like being here being alive like this is your 80 years or 100 years or 50 years however many you have that that's your only time to be in a body and to experience what life really is and to experience emotions and and the ups and downs and so I don't know, I remember when I first learned about this and started reading people's experiences and le- and listening to videos, it, it kind of took away some of the stress and anxieties about what's the point. So I was like, okay, there, there's no greater point other than that this is it. This is the point. 
what you're doing every day, what you're experiencing every day, the fact that you just have feelings and, and can experience tangible things. That's it. That is the point. Yeah. And everything else is just a mindset. Like, what are you going to do with it? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But that's that's one, one train of thought, that one school of thought. If you subscribe to the DMT philosophy, that this is it. This is what, this is the purpose. It's just to be here. Yeah. So, we're here. Just being here. <laughs> we're being here. Taking it day by day. I kind of just wish I had... I'm a planner. I just like to plan. I just wish I had more answers. And like, as much as I know you're feeling like this opening up is, you know, like let's lot like bad things are going to happen. My in needing to plan and wanting to know more about the future is like, let's watch and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Like whatever happens now, whatever happens in this next month or two, like month and a half, I'd say is really going to indicate what the next six months of our life is going to be like. But that, yeah, and that's the thing is like, it's, I feel like at worst, it's going to be that range of time they gave us like 12 to 18 months until they get the vaccine. Right. So it's, it's not, it's not ideal, obviously, but it's also not like, it's like a year and a half of your life, of your 80, 100, 150 now year life. Only um, if you get that though. Only if you get that, but I don't know. That's that's. I mean, how can you plan otherwise? Yeah. How can you plan for anything else? Yeah. So it's not ideal, but like people go. I don't know. I know you don't like that kind of mindset of like people go through worse, and I get it. Like I don't. Sometimes it's like irritating when people say that because it's like, well, I can only have my experiences. Like I don't have somebody else's experiencing experiences, and everybody gets to suffer in their own way. Um, But I find that it helps me, at least personally have that perspective of like people have gone through so much worse people are going through so much worse we're so privileged and yeah i always just think back to wars like world war ii where they'd be in lockdown for four years essentially with real daily threats Mm -hmm. so if if a worst case scenario is just staying in your house for a year a year and a half i mean there's worse, worse outcomes for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no motivational uh, penetrations getting there. <laughs> no. Impenetrable. If it, if it comes to that, I'm going to have to do a lot of meditation and a lot of soul searching and just find another level of myself that I don't think I was ever... Like, if we were talking about my ancestors, and I think I can vouch for my, especially my my siblings would probably say this, and I can see it in Parker. I don't think we were the lay low and waited out type. We were the guns a-blazing, screaming into the fray, just wanting to live and be out there. That kid has no flight. Yeah, you're <laughs> like... All fight. Bush babies, <laughs> yeah, like, warriors. <laughs> like, all of us break down when we haven't had a lot of physical activity like mentally start to just deteriorate we did have like some we did have our first 
It's actually wasn't. It might I didn't realize this before, but this was our first interaction with anyone really in our like families and friends and since the beginning. Do you want to tell about today? Today with my with uh, Myla. Yeah. Oh, I went to see them because I dropped off the oh, camera yeah, lens that them. day. I saw them outside their house. But yeah, it was our first. We had our first drive by today. My sister and uh, her daughter were out today, and they drove by our apartment building. And we were having a good shout back and forth. I was like, what are you doing? He's just taking the car for a drive. <laughs> like, yeah, the car needs to be walked too. <laughs> so they yelled at us from it. the alley while we stood on the balcony. It's so funny because you get so embarrassed about like people being loud or yelling. And I'm just like, me and Parker and I are just thriving there, in the yelling. There's literally like 2,000 people <laughs> listening to your conversation. <laughs> You're like, so what are you guys doing today? It's just like, oh, I got to get away from the window. <laughs> Whatever. All our neighbors are probably like, oh, look at some visitors. Let's listen in. Yeah, they definitely <laughs> were listening in. And then Adela, My- Myla's daughter, Mich- our niece, yeah. uh, dropped, like she had a feather. And yeah. she dropped it out the car window. And everyone's like, well, that's gone. <laughs> that's gone. <laughs> Set it on fire. Dead. She had a good good little cry about that. Yeah. And we're young. Michelle's yelling through the window, don't worry, we have more, you can have some of ours. And Parker's peeping up from the background, being like, no, she can't have any of mine. (laughs) Didn't get more generous during COVID. No, generosity is a tough skill for kids. Yeah, it was fun. They went to visit my aunt after, so that's nice. And tomorrow we have uh, a photo shoot, Mm -hmm. a balcony photo shoot. Yeah, gotta get, have a shower. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long lens. It's through a window. It's through a window. I can't tell, our hair is greasy. Maybe he'll be kind. Yeah. Blur it a little. Nobody cares anyways. If you if It'd be more ridiculous to look like super well kept right now. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Nobody believes this shit. I'm gonna bust out like fake eyelashes, get done up like I'm going out. I'm Me joking. Too. I'm not. I'm way too tired for this. But I am gonna make an effort. I'm gonna make zero effort like to I'm, counteract it. Like I'm going to have a shower. Okay. Like for sure. Probably. I mean, if I don't sleep in. Yeah. It'll be something. Oh, the stars have to align, and then I'm gonna have a shower. Yeah, this lo- yesterday's episode for anyone listening, if you didn't hear yesterday's episode with um, a photo- Vancouver photographer who's doing a project called Through the Window, Windows Window Through window. the Window. Um, Ryan pic- Walter Wagner. Yeah, taking pictures of uh, people through their window and mm. documenting the the COVID experience for people. It's concerned though because we don't really have windows, but. We have we a have balcony. A, gl- a glass sliding door. Yeah, and a sliding door. If he angles it right, it'll look like a window, like yeah. a floor-to-ceiling window. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's exciting to have something new to do. I'm looking forward to it. Well, the way we end this every time, do you have any positive takeaways for the people out there? Positive takeaways today? Uh, if you're struggling... I hope you get through it. I think I think you can get through it. You will get through it. You will get through it. You don't have another choice. 
you have so many choices. You need, like, it's just like, you know that's I mean. just not a choice. Yeah. Yeah. You'll get through it. It just sometimes takes time, and we just have to recognize that we all have feelings, and they're not always rainbows and sunshine. And Yeah. And for anyone with kids out there, today and this week has very, really demonstrated that kids are going through a lot, too. I feel like sometimes living, like, I can't put the a word to it because so many words probably just offend people, but it is, like, it's really like someone flipping a switch. Mm-hmm. Like, even today, on the, we were having a FaceTime call with my siblings, and my sister's daughter just, like, flipped the switch, full crying meltdown. And then Parker, somewhere in that call, tried to full punch his dad in the face like like what is going on with these children but everybody's going through it everybody is so life just the routine is gone the new routine isn't working for everybody Mm -hmm. yeah and i find like they just find things like they're just looking for a reason to be able to get upset because they don't know how to be upset about the thing they're actually upset about which is Mm -hmm. the situation so like today Parker decided, like, he asked me if he could have some gum, and he's six. So I said, no, like, I don't know, it's just not something I feel is super safe. And he he's heard this before from me, and we've had this discussion before, so it wasn't anything new. But for some reason today, he just latched onto that, and it literally ruined the rest of our evening mm-hmm. from, like, 5 p.m. until after he went to bed. Like, the entire evening was just, like, rough because I said no to gum, which I'd said no a, a bunch of times before. Yeah. So, you know, try and take it with, try and be aware enough to realize it's not about gum. Yeah, it's not about gum. It's not about gum. He just needs to be upset right now. He needs to let out some emotion. So just try and deal with it as best as you can. And the positive is tomorrow's a new day. If you're feeling down or your kid is going through something crazy. Yeah, we tell him every night, like another day in paradise tomorrow. We get to start again. Yeah. And today, like at the end of the day, he came and sat in my lap and we hugged and because we had been going head to head about this gum thing and for a while. And I told him, listen, it doesn't matter what happened today. Nobody's upset with anybody. Nobody's in trouble. Like we're just moving on. Tomorrow's mm-hmm. another day. We're going to try again. We're going to try and be kind and thoughtful to one another. Yeah. And that's good for them too, to like see that you can struggle and you can fight and you can have bad days, but tomorrow is a new day and you get to start again. And for us to see too. It's a good lesson for us. Mm-hmm. Sometimes my days carry into the next day and it's good to just remember like today, I just start again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow's a new day. Sleep is the great equalizer. It just wipes everything away. Yeah. And you wake up and you start again. Yeah. Really like... Groundhog's Day has always been this kind of thing that's stuck in my mind. That movie with Bill Murray. Mm-hmm. Just like he had to do a day a thousand times to get it just right in order to move on. And sometimes, especially the last couple of months through this, I've thought a lot about it. Just like this is this is that day. Maybe the universe is trying to make us perfect something or all of us to figure something out in our lives to help us going forward. Yeah. So the positive is t- tomorrow's another day. Tomorrow we just start again. If today wasn't the right day or you didn't get something right, just tomorrow's a new day. Just start again. Start again, start again, start again. Mm-hmm. We'll start again tomorrow. Night. <laughs>
See you then.